it, it, as crazy as it sounds to even say it, it's hard to leave my home office to like go have dinner or go do something like walk the dog. It's just, if there's like this magnetic pull to stay here and to get stuff done. Whereas, you know, when you were in an office, there was a little bit of a, you know, motivation to get out and get home. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. I'm your host, Megan Henry. And today I'm joined by Dana Applegate. Uh, Dana was on the podcast about a little over a year ago, right after, you know, everything shut down because of COVID. And, you know, we were juggling homeschooling and work, working from home and, you know, kind of sharing our, our struggles with it. So we got back together uh, now to see where we are now and how things are going. And, um, and I'm going to dig in a little bit with her with some of my burning questions. So with that, let's bring her in. Hi, Dana. Thanks so much for joining me again on the Defense Never Rest. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. So this is, you, you were on over a year ago, um, right after, you know, everything kind of like shut down. So I think we're in a much better place than we were last time we, we sat down and chatted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, how's it going now? Are we in a better place? Well, you, you have an office now. You're not at your kitchen table. <laughs> I have a dedicated office. So that's very nice. Um, you know, definitely improved, you know, the situation, less disruptions. Um, I don't know. I think it's still very disruptive. You know, the, the yeah. school schedule, the work schedule, the working from home, I go into my office occasionally and then I'm like, oh, I miss it so much. And so, you know, it's still, it's still odd. It's still crazy that it's been over a year that we've been doing this. And I think we were making jokes then just a couple of weeks in about, you know, how we couldn't take it anymore. And yet here we are. I know still surviving, I think. <laughs> and I mean, I do think it's gotten better to a certain to a certain extent like I, I, at least last spring you know we were so much more responsible for the school school aspect oh yeah and so at least that's kind of I I'm not wearing that teacher hat anymore and I I like that it's gone <laughs> yes agree um but and I, yeah so I was going to ask you about your office so you is your office back open or is it on like a, a modified schedule it's open um, voluntarily. I mean, we do go in for meetings, we have meetings, but it's all, you know, voluntary, you know, if you want to come in, nobody's being forced to come in at this point. Um, I think like most companies, we're still talking about September, you know, provided that the schools, I mean, that's a big thing. And mm -hmm. I feel fortunate to work for a company that thinks about those things and right. is concerned about, you know, if, if schools are still not full day, you know, how can we get people back in because people are still managing those schedules. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, it is nice to go in every once in a while and see people and, you know, just feel like you're in an office environment, even though it's kind of isolating. Um, you know, there's not yeah. that many people in a really big space. So I've never seen more than like a dozen people. Yeah. And I, I really think a lot of places are rethinking their whole like approach to being in the office. Like, do we really need this big space? Do we really need everyone to come in? Like, you know, I, I think it just has forced a, a, a reevaluation of, you know, what's what works and what doesn't work. Right. And then how, you know, how can we modify that, you know, footprint and even reduce, you know, potentially some costs Sure. Yeah. <laughs> of a exactly. space that we're not using. So I think that's, you know, that's all good. And, and at the same time, hopefully, you know, add value to people's personal lives. Yeah. I mean, I do still find it difficult as, as I, I think we discussed back in last March, like it, everything kind of bleeds in together. And at least now I have, personally, I, since my kids are back in school, I have more dedicated time that I can focus. So I'm not as like scattered, but like, it's still when you're always home it kind of your day, like it's hard to shut your day off. Yeah. It's, it's like never ending. It's just yeah. a, the run on day. And then, you know, it's, uh, it really is. I do find that. And it's hard it, it, as crazy as it sounds to even say it, it's hard to leave my home office to like go have dinner or go do something like walk the dog. It's just, if there's like this magnetic pull to stay here and to get stuff done. Whereas, you know, when you were in an office, there was a little bit of a 
you know, motivation to get out and get home, right? right? Go outside and have some fresh air and get home. Um, and now it just seems like, well, I'm already home. You know, people can come see me while I'm sitting here. <laughs> so I find yeah. that hard. I find it really difficult because I'm not good at boundaries. Yeah. I, yeah. And it, it, it is, I, I have the same problem too. It's like when, you know, it's almost, you know, dinner time. And I'm like, oh, well, just let me do like one more, one more thing. Whereas before it'd be like, let me take care of this on the train ride home or the car ride home. And then once you're home, you're like, okay, like here's my dedicated time for family. So I'm going to put work to the side. Now it's all kind of like meshed together. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent the like majority of your career at, at a different, different company. And then about a little over a year ago, actually right before COVID you made a switch. So what prompted you to take on that change after spending such so many years uh, with another company? So, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I wasn't really being fulfilled anymore. Um, and it's, it's kind of strange because I was there for a long time and I knew so many people and I had a variety of roles, but I think that almost um, added on to when I got to a point where I'd been in the same role for several years it almost became stale for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there were some different opportunities available, but none of them seemed particularly attractive to me and what I was doing and what I was looking to do. And I'm a problem solver that at the core of who I am, that's what I like to do. Um, status quo doesn't work for me, just kind of, you know, managing things. I like to fix things. And so, um, you know, I was looking for opportunities where, I could better utilize my skills while also kind of feeding that desire that I have and not necessarily that I needed a problem, you know, child, I just needed a new challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I had looked for actually quite a bit and, you know, very quietly just because I wanted to see what, what was out there and, you know, if I could find something that was a better fit because I certainly worked for a great company. So I wasn't looking to, you know, just leave that in the wind and, you know, it's not always greener on the other side. Um, and yeah, so then I just, you know, came across this opportunity with ProSight and it seemed like, you know, a great mix of what they needed and what I could offer them plus, you know, additional opportunities going forward. And it's definitely been there. It's been full of challenges, um, which I like, <laughs> even though they can be stressful at times and sure. overwhelming, it's still that kind of, you know, drives me and motivates me um, to, to find solutions. And, you know, there's something to be said too about not being so complacent and, you know, like you, there's more growth that comes out of change so like, I, I applaud you for say, saying, you know, like I could stay here and be fine. And, but I, I need something more for, for me. Yeah. And I, I've always looked at myself as like this lifelong student. I love to learn. I'm kind of a nerd. And so <laughs> I just, if I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm learning and being stretched, then I kind of get bored. I turn into, you know, that, that kid that daydreams then, you know, I just, I'm, it's not as interesting to me. So I really do like to be surrounded by people that are continue, will continue to challenge me and, you know, see what, what else is in the tank. Um, yeah. And I think it's fun, you know, it's fun to discover. I've actually, you know, at my former company, I was very blessed and I had people for many years doing that, tapping into yeah. skill sets that I didn't think were my skill sets, but other people were recognizing them and then allowing me, you know, to work in those areas. And, you know, I wanted to get back to kind of that place where, yeah. you know, people are then, you know, saying, Hey, you can do this or, Hey, can you take this on? And I'm like, sure. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm always a person of yes. And so that was the thing, you know, anytime people ask me to do things, I'm like, sure, I'll do it. I'll try it. You know? And so it's, it's been, it's been fun and I like to continue to learn because yeah, I mean, I still feel like I have, you know, many, many years of my career ahead of me and, you know, I want to see what else I can do. And do you find though, like being a person of yes, is that sometimes, is that sometimes troublesome for you? Like, Cause you mentioned, you know, you, you, you don't have good boundaries. So I can imagine that maybe lead to being the yes person to the disappearing of some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, personally and professionally, right. Admittedly, I, uh, I tend to be, you know, I'm kind of like that person for a lot of people, you know, and 
you know, that definitely drains. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely is. It's just, I really have a hard time. I mean, I, I think I've gotten better at saying no to some things or saying not right now to some things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I'm curious. I like to be challenged. So I, I can't help myself. It's like this yeah. pull that, you know, I can't resist. Yeah. And I do think at least for me, I think having kids kind of forces you to try to say not right now more because you have this other person or these other people who they need you for certain things. Like they might need you for the soccer game or whatever it may be. So you have to put in some boundaries for them. Oh, definitely. I mean, example for yesterday, you know, my daughter was really struggling with some math when she came home and I spent two hours, you know, with her going through it and trying to figure it out. Now, it didn't necessarily take two hours, but we had a few tantrums Mm. and meltdowns in between, which, you know, elongated the activity. But you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I'm sitting here, she's sitting with me, you know, at my desk and, you know, I wasn't, I had my computer up, but I was not working for those two hours. I was completely focused on her and that's what was necessary then. So, you know, those are moments where, where at the, the inner core of me says, oh my gosh, you have so much to do. You're going to be working Mm -hmm. late tonight to make this up you know, you didn't really have time for this. Then the other side of me is, oh, I'm proud of myself that I was able to say, no, this is the most important thing right now is my child and helping her. Um, And, you know, it's, it's good to have that. So, you know, I'm glad that occasionally I remind myself that my most important role is being, you know, a mother. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure that that will stick out in her mind too, you know, that you, because one thing that I've, I've noticed with myself throughout this whole pandemic and, and not positively is that a lot of times I was like, okay, go away, get out, get out, get out. And then I'm like, what, what sort of message am I sending if I'm always like telling my kids to go away? But then sometimes I'm like, okay, is what you need really, like, do you really need me for this right now? Like I do actually need to get some work done. So it's hard. Cause it's like, I think over the last year and a half, we spent so much time together and I wouldn't say it was all quality. You know, there's a lot of, I think some negative parts to all that time together. Yeah. And I mean, it makes me feel better to hear you say that Megan, because, you know, I do the same thing with, you know, no, I don't have time right now. No, I'm getting on a call. No, I have a meeting. No, I have Mm -hmm. to get this done. I got to finish this email, you know, whatever. And you do feel bad, you know, and sometimes I've tried to rationalize it with my daughter to say, but like this, when I'm in the office and not at home, like you don't see me and you don't have this point of access. So I do have that that focus. So it is challenging for me too. And I do try to explain it a little, but yeah, that's hard because, you know, you need that time and you're not really pushing them off. It's just that normally in the normal, the old normal (laughs) world, you wouldn't have that, you know, for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. Um, and now you do. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, there's still no solution a year plus later, and there's still no answer to this other than, you know, doing the best we can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And I, yes. And I, I think that's everything that we're all trying to do is just the best that we can. And I do think it's getting easier. I, I, to, I think a lot of it's getting easier until the summer and then it's going to be another cluster, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Six more weeks, right. In the school year. And I'm like, I don't have a summer plan yet. <laughs> Not a big enough one, at least. <laughs> like, so, but you make the, this transition over to to prosite and and then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, how was that transition? Because you made such a big move and now everyone's making this other move that like things are stopped, offices are closed, we're moving all to virtual. I mean, that must've just been like a lot to take on, not only learning a new role, but and having the, this whole new aspect. Yes, I think in some ways in the beginning, fortunately, we were all kind of, um, you know, wearing our rose colored glasses that this wasn't going to last that long. Right. So it wasn't in the beginning, it didn't feel like a heavy burden because it was, you know, a couple of weeks, I'll see everybody in a couple of weeks, you know, we'll just go home and work for a few weeks. This will all blow over and then we'll be back in the office. And then that just kept, you know, building on, um, So in the beginning, it didn't feel that bad. It was like, okay, well, this is, you know, kind of alarming, definitely throwing a wrench in my kind of onboarding plan because I'd only been there six weeks when we went all virtual, but I thought it was temporary. So you managed it for a little while. And then the longer that 
we were into it, the more difficult I think for me it became because I then started to recognize how much I lost and how much longer things were taking because I just didn't have the same amount of access to people that I was, you know, doing walk-bys and meeting in the office or having these, you know, side chats over, you know, coffee or, you know, on to and from meeting walks. So, you know, you, you start to realize that you lost all of that. And there's people, you know, six months into the job that you're on a call with and you're saying, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then there's other people who are like, oh, you guys don't know each other. You know, that's, yeah. that's terrible. And you're like, well, I didn't know I needed to know that person. You know, I didn't <laughs> know who that person was. I didn't know what they did. So, you know, that, that definitely has been challenging. I mean, yeah. I guess I feel really fortunate that our company was so, um, set up for this, you know, everybody starts day one with a laptop and, you know, they had everybody come and get all their equipment. So, you know, it was actually a seamless way to transition everyone. You know, it's not, we didn't have a subset of people that we were like, oh my gosh, we have to get them equipment. Everybody already had equipment. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of nice. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just, you do realize now I can reflect back a year and see, you know, that I'm not where I wanted to be from a professional achievement standpoint, you know, coming in, you know, with tall expectations and then realizing how COVID slowed all of that down. Yeah. And it really impacts like getting, working well with people because you're not getting to know them on a good personal level as you would if you saw them on a day-by-day basis. I mean, those little, like the little interactions, like the the talking over coffee, whatever, those go make, go carry a long way you know, with your relationships with your colleagues, because you get to know who they are and how they work and what makes them tick a little bit. And then when you're in meetings and things like that, I think it just flows a little bit better when you know the person. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, while we've probably all shared more than we wanted to on a personal level, you know, with kids (laughs) and animals and spouses and everything else going on and contractors ringing doorbells and what have you, you know, during the work from home situation. Yeah, we definitely lost a lot of that. And that's the other thing too, you know, when you left a meeting or if you were, you know, two minutes early to a meeting, you're having those chit chats. Whereas now that doesn't really happen. Everybody's jumping on a call you know, and then everybody's jumping off when it's over. You're not having, you know, kind of that overflow. So it, it has, you know, had an impact for me for sure. Um, and, you know, I, you hope that you can get it back once we, you know, return to the office. But again, yeah. I think that'll never look the same. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm never going to return to the space that I left last March where everybody was in the office every day. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, so, I, I know that you love a challenge, so I might know the answer to this question, but you know, what is the, other than loving a challenge, what is it, your favorite thing about your job? That it's different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, there, there's no kind of groundhog day here. It's, you know, a different fire, a different, you know, case, a different piece. I, I'm, I'm, I think it's really cool that my current job has a nice balance between, you know, overseeing cases and claim files and managing that aspect, but then also kind of operational efficiencies and mm-hmm. systems and, you know, and that side litigation management. So I get this kind of cool balance between diving into cases and then kind of looking at things from, you know, a very high level and saying, how can we, you know, make this more efficient? How can we optimize our system? How do we improve our data? Um, so, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a cool thing. It's my favorite thing is kind of, you know, jumping all around all day, but uh, I'll be the first to admit it can be exhausting some days too, when you're literally switching back and forth from different things, but I think it's cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, it keeps things interesting and it keeps you on your toes, but it also can be frustrating when like, at least for me, because I mean, that's how, you know, my days are too. I might have a plan. And I have my like little to-do list every day and the plan often goes to shit because like something happens and nothing on this list gets done, (laughs) but it's, but in a way it's good because it's, it's not boring. It just, you have to be able to roll with it a little bit. (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, rely on a lot of people to remind me of things that, you know, we talked about. Cause I'm like, you know, I have six meetings back to back, 
by the time I get to the fourth one, I, I, the first two, I have completely forgotten about what we talked about and what I promised you I was going to get to you. So, you know, just make sure in a couple of days when you haven't heard from me, you remind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not you, it's me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to put the burden on your shoulders, but I'm going to need a few reminders if you want me to actually get this done. <laughs> so it, throughout the many years that you've spent in claims though, um, and it's not necessarily claims, but just professionally, can you, does one like a moment stand out being like, that? oh my God, that was the most embarrassing, you know, moment that's ever happened to me or like you just wanted to hide? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know if there's, I mean, I'm sure I have no doubt that I dropped the ball somewhere. <laughs> where it's, you it's know, still bouncing over there. yeah <laughs> where I was kind of like oh yeah that was in that email and I totally you know read over it or I didn't or you know I read it and it didn't mean what now it means to me right you're kind of you yeah. know balancing things and there was actually something recently and again I don't know that it would go to the top of the list of most yeah. embarrassing but it was information that was you know shared with me in November but at the time it was, you know, an email that had like four major things in it. And so, and this was the last thing in the email. So when I went back and looked at it and I was like, oh, it was there, mm -hmm. but I didn't really pay attention to it um, because there were these other things that were more important that were crucial for me to respond to and give a decision on. And then, you know, that just kind of fell off the map. And now I'm like, oh, wow. If I would have known that at the time, I probably would have made a different decision um, and now it's May and I'm, you know, realizing that we're, you know, six months post having that information and, you know, now we're trying to, you know, make a decision based on that. So, yeah. you know, I think that's, I think that's a, that's a sign of COVID, but it's also a sign of poor communication. And I would say that, you know, something that I would learn from, and I, I try to learn from those things and mm -hmm. say, yeah, don't put too many things. <laughs> <laughs> in one email or, yeah. you know, if something that's really important, don't kind of bury it at the bottom because, right. you know, again, people focus on and prioritize. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of skill to that too. Like I, I think about it when I'm writing an email to a client, like, you know, if, if it's a few paragraphs long, like, well, what are the chances they're going to read the whole thing to the end? And so I really need to put up front, like what I, what I need from them if I'm asking for something or bold it <laughs> or have a list. Sometimes I do a yes, list at the number end. of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I have it on the email at the end. I'm like to recap, these are our action points because I mean, everyone is so busy and, and everyone gets so many emails and have to respond to so many things. So you really need to highlight what's, what's important uh, to, to, so like something like that doesn't, doesn't happen. I mean, it's on both sides really. Yeah, it really is. It absolutely is. And and I think the working from home and the pandemic have increased emails, which is not good because I was already at a point where I was, you know, drowning in emails. And now it's just, you know, in, in 20 minutes on the phone, you know, whatever came in early that morning is now way off the screen. And, yeah. you know, you're just kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, never saw that came in two weeks ago, never saw that email, you know, never even read it. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely a skill that I think we all need to work on and then figure out how to be more concise or, Hey, you know what, this really doesn't need to be an email. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I should just say, call me when you have a chance and let's talk about this and then it won't get lost. Yeah. So, although I would say from a lawyer's perspective, that's very difficult because if you just talk about it on the phone, then it may never have happened. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I need the e sometimes I need to send the email. It's almost for myself. So then I have it so I can be like, what did we talk about? So I remember because again, you talk to you talk to so many people, you talk about so many things, you talk about so many different cases. So a lot of times it's like I, I need to write this to to you so I know that we talked about it and I don't I won't forget about it in three weeks. It's true. <laughs> I often say that to people, I'm on the phone. I'm like, all right, I'm sending you an authority email now. <laughs> Even right. though we talked about it, let me send it to you because, you know, I may forget that I gave you that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, and from my perspective, I like to have the authority emails. So I don't forget the authority, like, like, cause you could write it down, but you know, like you, you, it's really good, helpful to have that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, was it, was it 70 or was it 75? I don't <laughs> just go with the lower number. Right. <laughs> so, it, and, you know, you and I have talked a lot about like our, our, your daughter and my daughters and, you know, I'm talking about them seeing us in this environment, like, you know, up front. Um, but what trait of yours do you already see that your daughter has or hope that she, you know, grows to have over time? Um, I think it's curiosity, you know, like she, yesterday we're doing homework here and part of the reason it took so long was because she was easily distracted. And I said, stop looking at my screens, you know, look at your paper, keep, stay focused when you're, you know, on your paper. And she said, well, mom, it's just so interesting. You know, she was reading, I had a bunch of things up and she was reading what I had up on the screen. She goes, I, I just think it's so interesting. And so I think that's it, like that curiosity and finding interest in, in different things. And, and I like that, that instead of sitting here saying like, oh, this is my mom's boring work. She is, yeah. you know, interested in who I'm talking to and what this means and, you know, why I'm saying that. So I think that's the yeah. one. I think that's great too, because, it, but it also, is, it's, it's very similar to you that you, you know, you don't, you like to be challenged and you don't want to be bored. And I mean, I think that takes someone a long way because, you know, if they're, they're, they're going to follow your passions and your dreams, if you're curious and interested in it. Yeah. But I, it's funny you mentioned about the being distracted. Cause I noticed that like with my older daughter, more than my younger one, she's they, they her teacher always describes her as kind of as like a mad scientist. Cause she <laughs> like, like, she's easily like off to something, something else and very into it. But for me, it's going to be very frustrating. It's like, okay, can you please just do your homework? Cause this will take you 10 minutes. If you focus, it'll take you an hour. If you're distracted by every single thing going on around you, but she doesn't want to go upstairs and do her homework. She wants to be at the kitchen table where all the action is. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work very well. No, no, it doesn't. We, you know, we, we've learned that many times over that the home, we're not really set up for homeschool, <laughs> no matter where it is, whether it's her room, whether it's the kitchen table, whether it's the dining room table, whether it's my office, like yeah. we're just not set up for that you know, not for, not for children, at least, you know, I mean, adults can have trouble focusing too, but you know, I, I can focus, I can have pictures all around, but that doesn't mean I'm looking at them all day, you know, but yeah. And so it's, a uh, it, it's enlightening to see how you kind of set up your, your world. And then, you know, you deal with something like this and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we don't really have that quiet space in the house anywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Going on that that theme uh, of how you'd want your like, trait of yours, you want your daughter to have. But what piece of advice do you give her, or do you want to give her for um, as to her like future growth as she gets older and moves on, like into into careers or whatever? What piece of advice do you give her? So you know, one that I do give her now, and I hope that it will stay with her. Um, recognizing, of course, generational differences and that, you know, there's probably, you know, people that don't agree with this is there's really no substitute for working hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is in, in school, in life, you know, personally and professionally, um, it really does, you know, there's just no shortcuts. And, you know, that was something that I think my parents instilled in me. And, you know, I, I recall probably 10 years ago, um, we had a mentoring program at my old company. And so it was somebody, you know, coming out of college or had just graduated college as like a summer intern, I think, and, you know, wanted to know, well, just, you know, how do I advance? What's the quickest way that I advance? You know, and my and my answer, I guess, was very old fashioned to this person because I said, well, it's really, you know, working super hard, showing that you're willing to put in extra time, extra effort and kind of stretch yourself beyond what your current responsibilities are, you know, and finding those pockets to say, hey, I can contribute over here, even though that's really not part of my function. And, you know, his response to me was, yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> we just do things and we meaning like his generation, you know, just do things 
you know, faster now, right? So then, you know, we get things faster, we can process things faster. I don't really think we have to work as hard as people in your generation did because we have more technology and things on our side. And I was like, well, listen, I think, you know, I'm personally feel like we're in an industry where it's a very people driven, um, you know, psychologically driven industry where you do have to think a lot and it's not something that can just be processed on a screen through numbers and data. Um, but anyway, that's, so that's my long winded answer of saying to her is kind of showing her, you do have to put in the time and the effort, you know, yeah. and, and there's really no substitute for working. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And I would, I always tell both my, both my daughters too, is, you know, you don't, sometimes my older daughters, like you put so much pressure on me. I'm like, I don't need you to get it all right. I just need you to do your best. So I don't want you to rush through something just to be done with it. If it takes you a long time and you get things wrong, but you tried your best, that's all I care about. Um, And, but there is that like, want a quick reward type thing that I think they're just all used to now with, you know, the, the phones and the iPads and the video games and all that. It's just, everything's flashy and quick. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that we have, you know, sometimes provided them with a very instant gratification lifestyle. And while, you know, you feel fortunate to be able to do that at the same time, it's not really teaching them that you know, you have to work for that. And we, and, you know, we do talk about that now, right? We do, we talk about, you know, money and time and, you know, okay, well this, yes, just because we can go and get this doesn't mean that's a good way to use right. our resources. You know, I think yes. we should take this money and do this with it instead. And, um, you know, so it's just, it's, it's those lessons, right. And, and, yeah. you know, just trying to teach them as they get old enough to understand. Right. And I, it just reminded me of a, this, um, my, my older daughter reads Harry Potter and she, she loves, loves Harry Potter, but she doesn't really love to read very much. <laughs> like, like she loves the idea of reading the books, but then she's very slow to sit, sit down and just pick it up and read. And then so she gets upset if her friends finish one of the books before her. And I was like, well, you know, there, you're, you're never going to finish before anyone. If you don't actually put the time in, <laughs> you have to put the time in to read the book, you know, like, and it's, she still hasn't, still hasn't totally clicked yet because she still doesn't just read whatever she, like she's free time. She still would rather be on her iPad, but it goes with that, that same point. Like you have to put in the time to get the results. Yes. So, and I do think it's something that is lost. So I think that's great advice. So, um, I believe we, we've, we talked about this last time a little bit because it was around St. Patrick's day when we recorded our podcast last year. And I think you were talking about, um, your family does a really big St. Patrick's day celebration and everything. So it just had me thinking a little bit about this, that, um, seems like you have a really close relationship with your family. So like, is that, did you grow up with like a really close knit family? You just stayed that way. Um, like what was your upbringing like? Yeah, so we did, we had, I was one of four kids. And so we were, you know, had a pretty big, you know, small family, our insular family. And then we lived pretty close to my dad's parents. And um, so we were always kind of getting together with aunts and uncles and, you know, enjoying that kind of extended family, big holidays, birthdays. And then, you know, I mean, things change over time, you know, when people, you go to college and all that kind of stuff. But then now as, you know, adults, I think we've, you know, brought some of those things back and trying to stay more focused on that and not just get so caught up in, you know, kind of our, our lives and activities and, and just really understanding that we all need that recharge and how good we feel when we spend that time together and then how that kind of carries you forward and in, in just kind of that positive world of being surrounded by people that you love. Um, and, you know, we, we did a couple of years ago. So my parents, when I was younger, they had with their, you know, you know, some of their friends and some of their, um, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles, they had a, a monthly poker night. And it would kind of rotate around the houses, you know, and it was just adults only and stuff, but all the kids, we, you know, we would have fun and get together and we get to stay up super late because, you know, wherever we were, it was late. Or if we were home, you know, people were there late. So it was a lot of fun. And then of course, you know, that kind of 
um, went away just, you know, as people got older and, you know, didn't do that anymore. But then about five years ago, we started to do that. So my younger sister and I started, you know, with my, one of my cousins and then my mom and her husband still participate in it too. So we, we did it. And then we had a year break because of COVID, you know, yeah. we weren't getting together and cause we weren't, you know, all in the same units and pods. Um, but we actually just had our, our first one in a year, um, two weekends ago and it was so much fun. And yeah. so I think that's it. It's just realizing that there's really no substitute for family as long as you get along with them. <laughs> well, and it, in all family, there's always problems, you know, it's never right. perfect. Um, but yeah, I grew up with, you know, some, I'm one of four kids as well. And I have a lot of cousins on both sides and, you know, I always was pretty close with my cousins, like, and I never understood people who didn't have that relationship, or at least not that I didn't understand. It was more like, I was like, oh, like, I love seeing my cousins multiple times a year because we all live relatively close. And it was just like having even more brothers and sisters, you know, and um, there was always someone to hang out with. There's always someone your age <laughs> to, to hang out with. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope that you know, my kids have a similar kind of relationship with their cousins, but families aren't as big anymore, I think, as they were when, you know, we, we were growing up at least, but I don't even know. I think I have like 19 cousins on one side and like 18 on the other. It's insane. <laughs> we, and, you know, interestingly, we didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of first cousins. I had, you know, many second cousins. Um, you know, my dad, you know, my dad had several siblings, but several, most of them didn't have kids. Um, but it was on, and my mom was a single child, but she was really close to all of her cousins. So then we became close to the children of the cousins, you know? And so, yeah, we always kind of, and then we had those, you know, you call them your aunt and uncle, but they're not really your aunt and uncle kind of cousins. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, you know, my daughter has those too, but yeah, I mean, she's super close to, you know, my, my little sister's kids and, you know, very grateful for that because they're basically siblings, you know, they're so close yeah. and it definitely got better for us when we moved here up North, because now we're, you know, only 10 minutes from my sister, whereas before we were about an hour. So, yeah. um, you know, that's great, but yeah, you know, I love, love kind of having that. It's like, there's, you'll always have, you know, your family friends will come and go. And sometimes you don't see family that often, but then usually when you get back together, it's, you know, you pick up where you left off. Yeah. And as this year has been, I think for everybody, been especially difficult on that because, you, you know, the big holidays usually are a big, big thing. And I think, you know, we got kind of used to it at the, at the end of the year, but I remember like last, you know, last Easter, it was like, what are we going to do? We're going to do Zoom like for Easter? Like, <laughs> like, oh, this doesn't seem normal. And my family, what we do for Easter is we like crack eggs. Um, so then we had to do this weird egg cracking thing like over Zoom and it's just, it's, it gets lost in translation to do, do something like that on Zoom. <laughs> so yes, I'm very much looking forward to when we can have our, our normal family gatherings again. We haven't had one yet with everybody, but maybe Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to have one for my daughter's birthday in a couple of weeks. Oh. So we'll see, we'll see, how, <laughs> you know, who all comes. I mean, most, my whole, you know, group, are we're all vaccinated so we feel a little bit more comfortable you know hanging out together so we'll see if anybody if people still you know want to come or or not and it's you know yeah. it's fine you know we'll have a good time no matter what but yeah it's we miss that too my yeah. my little sister actually she still says that she's she just had you know her I probably shouldn't say this but she just mm -hmm. had her 41st birthday um two days ago and uh she you know, says that she's still 39 because, you know, her 40th was during <laughs> oh, the beginning yeah. of COVID, which she didn't get to, you know, celebrate and that kind of stuff. And now she just had her 41st, which we're still kind of in the same zone. Yeah. So she's like, I'm technically 39 still, like, I'm going to hold on to that until I get a proper celebration. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I'm with her. I'm with her. Although yeah, actually yesterday was my, my birthday and, oh. um, my birthday. <laughs> thank you. My, my daughter came home with a card that she made for me at school. And it just has a like the front of it is just a giant 42. I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for doing that. Oh, wait. So May 11. So yeah, but yesterday was Alicia's birthday too. So it's the same. I said oh. two days ago. So yeah, I don't even know what day it is it's anymore, a, but a very popular birthday. birthday twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just have a, 
a few other questions. Um, well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so what, and I know we're, it's only Wednesday, so we can stretch it up. What, what is the best thing that happened to you in the last week? So Sunday was Mother's Day. Oh, yes. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if it, this is a personal or professional question, but I'll go personal first. <laughs> um, and, you know, my husband, <laughs> not to give him credit, you know, he's, he historically is not very good you know, with remembering that like mm. Mother's Day, birthday is Christmas, happen the same time every year. <laughs> so a little bit of a last minute, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And it sometimes falls flat, but I will say he really came through strong this year oh, and, good. you know, made a really nice breakfast and very thoughtful, you know, gifts and, you know, made me feel very special. So it was really wow. nice and had, you know, a really nice weekend and, you know, again, with sports all in between and, you know, everything else that you do, but yeah. So that was, I think that was kind of like the highlight of my last week was, you know, feeling appreciated. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I kind of feel like this Mother's Day had like a, a bigger weight on it because I just feel like we've been so drained the last year and a half from being pulled in so many directions that like, I don't, I, at least that, this is the consensus I got from a lot of people. Like, I think we all just felt like we needed a little bit more this time. Yeah. You just really needed to feel, I mean, I feel like as a, especially as, you know, a working mother, I mean, all mothers are working, right? Whether you do it inside or outside the house or, you know, you get paid for it or not. Um, but I do feel like, you know, the tanks have been completely depleted and then some. And so you're just really feeling like, oh my gosh, there's just, I can't do any more. And I feel like it's never enough. And there's not enough hours in the day and there's not enough arms on my body to take care of these things. And so, yeah, I think you're right. You know, not really thinking about it until you said it, but it really is, you know, getting to the point of, okay, I really just want to feel like you're doing a good job. You know, we're, we appreciate you and, you know, we're just going to take care of you and let you do whatever you want to do, you know? So, yeah, I think, especially because I think a lot of times we probably think we aren't doing a good job just like what you're talking about like when you're getting pulled in all these directions and you're saying not right now I have to do like it, it kind of weighs on you you feel like negative about yourself because you kind of think maybe I could be doing better maybe I could be more patient but I, I think I've been pretty patient I think my patience is just running out <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know I feel like this was never supposed to happen. Right? <laughs> we weren't supposed to be tested in this way. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of days that I feel like I'm failing the test and, yeah. you know, and then there's some days I feel like I'm a rock star. Yeah. Um, but then the, I think those are few and far between. Yeah. And it has been like the ultimate test. I would, I would say for sure. Um, Cause I remember like, I, I would have the, you know, when you have those days, like let's pre pandemic, I have those days that you're like, I'm really rocking my job today. You know, <laughs> like I'm the best that I could be, but now I feel like I could have that day, but like, there's a fire over here that has nothing to do with work and it's just all coming together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so this is a little bit even more, not a little more personal, but do you have any guilty pleasures? Other than like, you know, mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> That's a guilty, mine's TikTok. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like my, as soon as my kids get in the shower, I get on TikTok and my husband comes upstairs. What are you doing? I'm like, TikTok. Like it's the only time I feel like I can watch it. Otherwise they're like over my shoulder trying to watch inappropriate stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that. I think it's really like, you know, scrolling through Instagram and just trying to, you know, be mindless for you know a little bit and then sometimes that turns into way too long of a bit um and you know admittedly my guilty pleasure at night is like doing you know again I said it before I'm a total nerd like doing like word games on my phone you know whether yeah. it's like crossword puzzles or you know like scrabble-ish type games or you know I don't know why like that that helps yeah. me go to sleep, I guess. And, and I feel like, you know, I'm doing something good and trying to stave off, you know, the eventual Alzheimer's or something, all the things you read about that you need to do to keep your, to keep your mind young. 
but I, I think as for like, you know, the Instagram and the TikTok, like, I think we all just need a little bit of that, like anytime, like you just need that pocket of time that you just turn, you're able to turn off your brain. Cause let's face it, our brains are moving so much all the time, all day. And we're being like taxed in so many ways that I like crave that time that I can just be like, I'm just going to mindlessly scroll. And I know I'm wasting time, but I don't think it's a waste if it's kind of helping me recharge a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, relaxing and sometimes you get a few laughs and yeah. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, okay, good. You know, I'm not alone in this. Like I feel crazy. I feel like, you know, I want to have, you know, 17 drinks right now because so I'm (laughs) glad I can relate to people that are (laughs) going through those things too. (laughs) I know. Although sometimes it can be bad because you're like, oh, well, they're talking about having wine. So I can have it now. Right. Yeah. I'm like tequila Tuesday, wine Wednesday, you know, right. Like, I'm like, I have all these new mantras. Um, so, and this is a question I ask, I've been asking everybody and I love, I don't know. I love the answer I get from all different people. So what's one movie that you will watch regardless of how many times you've seen it, if you find it on TV or. Oh, it's so funny. Um, I would say like the National Treasure movies. And so I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. I love those and movies. And I will watch them over and over and over again. And it's so funny because, you know, I've now Mackenzie has watched them, you know, with me too. And I just, you know, she's like, mom, are there any more? And she, you know, gets into them just like I do. I'm like, oh, now I, you know, I've created the monster. And it's so funny because she is probably like most kids, which they'll just watch like the same episodes of shows over and over and over again and and I'll you know my husband I'll be like oh my gosh you've watched this episode like 17 times why are we why are you watching it again how could you possibly watch this again I have this show memorized now and then yet you just asked me that question about like what show and I will totally I can watch that movie over and over and over again and I'm like oh maybe the apple doesn't fall that far from the movie you know, if, if I am looking for something and like, I can't find anything new to watch, I'm like, I'll go to my default and I'll watch national treasure for the hundredth time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I love those movies. So I, I, I share your enthusiasm, but one movie that I will watch regardless of how, like how many times I've seen it is, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I love it. Like, and it's always on, so it's really easy to catch. (laughs) you know, it's, it's going to be on some channel at any day, any given day. (laughs) And, you know, and that movie I think is a great one because you can like belly laugh in that movie and then you can kind of like cry a little in that movie and then you can get like sappy, you know, romantically sappy. I'm like, it hits like all the, all the marks. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so one last question, and this is another silly one, but, um, What's your favorite ice cream topping? Oh, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of lame to say it, but I think I would just go with the good old rainbow sprinkles. Yes, I'm with you. I'm usually a vanilla with chocolate sprinkles every yeah, time. I, you know, I just, I do love sprinkles and they're fun, they're pretty, <laughs> and they're tasty. And, you know, whereas, I have to say, my daughter is a gummy bear person. She, you know, gummy bears or gummy worms. And I do not like those. I, if I would, my candy of choice is definitely something gummy. I like, you know, that kind of candy, but on ice cream, they get hard and they're not as enjoyable and she loves them. And I will not put that on there. So I got to say, you know, true and try, you know, tried and true rainbow sprinkles all the way. Yeah. I'm with you. Like when, whenever we get the, like the softy truck, like they get these you know, the, the, I don't know, a million different things. I'm like, I will just have a kitty size vanilla with chocolate sprinkles. Please. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> Very simple and so delicious. <laughs> but it's funny. We were in Florida recently and we did a ice cream challenge. They wanted to try ice cream at every ice cream place, like on, on the Island. Oh, uh, nice. We were there for like a extended period of time we were there for like two and a half weeks, but and my mom, like my mom has a place down there. So we just like did school and work and everything down there, but they each chose their own like flavor. And 
I think my one daughter was cookie dough and the other one was um, cotton candy. Now I cannot think of a more disgusting ice cream than cotton candy. (laughs) It is awful, but she would always get it with gummy worms or gummy bears on it. And I guess if you're going to top it, cotton candy ice cream with anything, it's going to be those, those things, but it, it was God awful. Like she, every time she's like, can you, do you want to try? I was like, no, I don't <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'll try the cookie dough over there, but I am not, I don't need to have another sample of <laughs> candy ice cream. Oh, that's great. It's, yeah. it is, it's so fun to see kind of, you know, how they were, what they pick. Right. Whereas my daughter, other kids are doing things like your kids, hot candy, cookie dough, things like that. She wants the darkest chocolate ice cream on the planet. The darker, the better. We've actually gone into kind of like specialty ice cream places, you know, and where they have like a super dark, bitter type chocolate ice cream. And she's like, yeah, I'll want that. And they're like, why don't you try it first? I'm like, well, okay, she'll try it, but she's going to want it. And they're like, a lot of kids don't like this one. And she'll try it. And she's like, yep, that's what I want. You know, and it's, I mean, God bless her. Does she get a top with like coffee beans? Still get it topped with the gummy bears, but yeah, she wants that like dark, bitter chocolate, you know, it's so funny. And that's, that's, and, you know, people be like, oh, we have this like super double, triple, you know, chocolate brownie. And she's like, nope, it's gotta be plain chocolate ice cream, but the darker, the better. <laughs> hey, how about, does she, how about just regular dark chocolate bars? She does, but she like, but they have to be like, she's a purist. Like I, I used to, I had a, a former coworker who used to buy, you know, like these would go to this like specialty chocolate store and buy, you know, whatever, like 90% cacao or whatever the, how you ever you say that word, you know, the cocoa bean thingy. And, you know, and I like it. Cause I do like that, you know, dark, bitter chocolate too, but she loved it. Like, uh, you know, and she doesn't really care for milk chocolate. Like she's like, hmm. eh. You know, really? somebody will have a milk chocolate bar. She's like, me, you know, it's too sweet. Meanwhile, you know, I, well, I'm like, really, are you the same child that just ate like, a, you know, two cups of, you know, gummy worms because they, <laughs> one of those, you know, kind of makes my sugar spike and <laughs> you're having like handfuls. Um, but yeah, when it comes to chocolate, yep. She wants wow. dark and bitter. Crazy. Yeah. Well, that's going to be an expensive, um, habit at first going forward seriously <laughs> the darker it is the more it costs I think yes yes <laughs> although you know it makes it a little bit easier come like you know Easter time and things like that I'm like yeah I I, I couldn't find any dark chocolate sorry <laughs> yeah that is, and she won't eat the other stuff so she doesn't care <laughs> That it, that does make it simpler, I guess. But then, like, sucks for you because sometimes it's nice to have all that chocolate hanging around, peanut butter <laughs> yeah. cups and things. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have to feed those stressful moments, but not yeah. good to have for you know the figure. <laughs> no. no, definitely not. Um, well, Tina, thank you so much for for coming coming on again. I I always love chatting with you. I could probably do people could just listen to us talk about our our lives. <laughs> for hours yeah it's so enjoyable (laughs) um but um you know, for all our listeners out there, if you like what you hear, uh, please subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, or we also can be found on YouTube at Legal Navigator and give us a like and subscribe if you like what you're hearing and we can keep giving um, free content. 